Picks 11 through 21 of the mock draft as we see the pass rushing class start to heat up on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily ranks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Special shout out to those everydayers out there. And don't forget to subscribe, follow, like on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst, and today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, customers, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. If you didn't go and watch picks 1 through 10, go back and check it out. You don't have to if you're a fan of one of these teams. 11 through 21, though, on today's mock draft, rolling right along. Left off at number 11, Minnesota Vikings. I have them going Alabama cornerback, Tyrion Arnold. Now, they have needs in a number of different places. It's going to obviously matter a ton what they do with Kirk Cousins as an impending free agent this offseason. What they do with Daniel Hunter, an impending free agent this offseason. Both were playing, you know, no signs in terms of diminishing play from either of them. So two guys that you would love to have back, two massive impact players from a year ago. TBD on what they do with them. If they don't bring back Hunter, this could easily be someone like a Dallas Turner, someone like a Layatu Latu in terms of pass rushers on the edge. If they don't bring back Kirk Cousins, this could easily be a Bo Nix spot. Excuse me, a J.J. McCarthy spot. But I have them going Terry on Arnold because corner still a massive need for them. And in Brian Flores' defense, he loves flexibility. Guys who can do a number of different things because he's so multiple with that defense. Because they, week to week, have, can have such different game plans. And then they'll put the corners on islands so much with their blitz packages that a guy like Arnold and his skill set of being versatile being an all-around corner, being able to play man coverage at a high level. is just something that makes too much sense. Pick number 12, Denver Broncos. Quarterback coming. I'm going to make this pick a zillion times. It's Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. Now, the Broncos are a prime trade-up sort of team because while you're kind of at the top of this, you're like right in the middle of this heap of Vikings, Raiders, Saints, who could all be in the quarterback market. You may, you have a, you know, a quarterback whisperer head coach in Sean Payton who may want a JJ McCarthy, who may want to jump ahead of the Falcons to get it done. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos are prime trade up spot. We'll obviously get to trades in future mock drafts, but if they stay put and Bonix is on the board, I think he's well equipped to run Sean Payton's offense. Truthfully, if there's anyone in this class I think he'd honestly be the best of the quarterbacks in this class. If you talk about just like doing exactly what Drew Brees did in New Orleans, the quick passing game, the underneath passing game, the screen game, just being able to protect your offensive line via getting the ball out of your hands quickly. I think he's great at that. And then he also not only can do that, but then he can create plays outside of structure in that quick passing game when they're not there. He's excellent at kind of reading those triangles underneath in passing concepts. He's excellent at manipulating linebackers. I do think that it would be hard 
for me, if I'm running the Denver Broncos to pass on Bo Nix with no quarterback, right? If I, with no, if you go into the draft with status quo at the quarterback position, and this is what I'm the hand up dealt with how it falls to pick 12, I would be hard pressed to pass on. I, I would for sure take him if I were running. All right, number 13, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going Oregon State offensive tackle, Taliesa Fuaga. Now the Raiders, all their whole right side of the line, center, right guard, right tackle, all set to free agency. If you're Antonio Pierce, yeah, you'd love defense. I, I think I would have loved Dallas Turner had they not just drafted Tyree Wilson a year ago. Right, kind of forgotten man at this point because he didn't do much as a rookie. But you got to find a way to bring a little attitude, right? Antonio Pierce kind of has that former player mentality that I think will fall in love with a guy like Talias Fuaga and the way he plays the tackle position. So desperate needs along the defensive side of the ball. I get that, but it's too good of a tackle class not to tap into with a premium pick. You can find your defensive impact players later on. Pick 44, someone like a Kamari Lassiter, the Georgia corner. TJ Tampa, the Iowa State corner, I'd be much happier drafting one of those guys there than taking one of the corners on the board like a Quinion Mitchell and then just being SOL when it comes to offensive tackle in the second round. At number 14, New Orleans Saints. I'm going Alabama defensive end Dallas Turner. This one is almost a no-brainer in my eyes. I mean, one of the pass rushers is a no-brainer. Whichever one you prefer, that's... They're similar, not similar enough, but they're like all talented enough in my eyes that if you have a scheme fit, a role fit, that really in mind for one of them over the others, by all means, pull the trigger on that. But Turner is my edge one. I think he has untapped potential. I think he's just the best athlete of this edge group in terms of translatability. And then if you're the Saints with your cap situation that we've discussed ad nauseum in the show, it's draft high value positions. What's the highest paid position in the NFL outside of quarterback? It's pass rusher, edge rusher. Cam Jordan's 35 next year. Peyton Turner's had a disaster in terms of health his first three seasons. 340 snaps from the former first rounder. Yikes. And so while they prefer the Saints from their recent drafting history, Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner would lead me to believe Jared Verse. They prefer the bigger power edges, right? would lead me to believe that I do think that it's a new day in new Orleans and that I would lean Dallas Turner for them just because it gives you something different than what you got. You have a bunch of power guys there. Now get that speed guy off the edge. I right, Indianapolis Colts 15 Brock Bowers, Georgia tight end finally comes off and I maybe had him fall a little over where he's actually going to go in the draft just because I love this fit. I do love this fit so much. He's perfect for Shane Sykin's offense. He'd have a field day with this guy. A perfect, reliable receiving weapon for Anthony Richardson. A guy that really helped, could help a young quarterback develop like him. And then the split zone running game that you can do with him, move him out in space. Because on the move as a blocker, he's so good. You know, leading out for those option runs out to the edge when the QB pulls it you know, arc blocking. He's awesome at that. And, and I think could be a real value add in the running game. If you're not using him as a true inline blocker, which again, he's, he's not going to be at his size. I, I just love this fit so much that 
maybe I pull the little strings in this mock to get him to fall to 15. On to number 16, Seattle Seahawks. I'm going UCLA defensive end Layatu Latu here. A guy who's intimately familiar with the state of Washington, having started his career there before transferring to UCLA, obviously he had to medically retire there. UCLA's pasture was the best pass rusher in the country, the most skilled pass rusher in the country, and a guy who could year one make an impact. And I think if you're the Seahawks, that's intriguing to you because you're bringing Mike McDonald over, new head coach, and what he had in Baltimore that he doesn't really have in Seattle is D-line depth. Numerous guys that can get after it. And while they have names in this edge group, whether it's Boye Mafe, who kind of did take a step forward this past year in year two, Chene Wusu, Derek Hall, who was a second rounder a year ago, possibly Daryl Taylor, who is a restricted free agent. That's not a group that I would uh, be opposed to adding more to, I'll just say. That was a little roundabout way of saying they don't have a guy there yet, a certified dude as a pass rusher. And the thing I love about Latu and his fit here is that on third downs, he's almost better as an interior rusher, lining him up over center, lining him up over guards. He can make more of an impact or win quicker there than he can on the edge. And so it's not a guy that wouldn't be able to necessarily see the football field like a Will McDonald this past year for the Jets, where they said too many guys barely even play. Latu would probably be starting right away for them and playing a bunch of snaps for you. And it wouldn't preclude you from getting Derek Derek Hall snaps to let him develop either. So I think for the Seahawks, looking at your division with the Rams and 49ers right now, adding to the defensive line, something that I'm very intrigued the thought of doing. Get back to the mock in a second. But first, this podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Didn't have a chance to hit the grocery store last weekend after all the big game commotion? Or maybe your bar cart has been mysteriously cleared out. Stock back up for the week ahead with delivery from DoorDash. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, deliver it with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop in the app and make your day a little bit easier. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. Jacksonville Jaguars, 17. I'm going Toledo cornerback Quinion Mitchell, a guy that, again, you're going to see corner mocks here a lot because this is kind of when corner starts to heat up the value. And because this team doesn't have a lot of needs, interestingly enough to say, the team that missed the playoff doesn't have a ton of needs. But outside of corner and mainly slot corner and interior offensive line, there's not a lot of positions where you're pointing to being like, this is glaringly obvious. We need something there. And at this point in the draft, I don't think I'm ready to go interior offensive line. Maybe Jackson Powers Johnson, but you already drafted a center a couple of years ago in Luke Fortner. So I think this is a natural fit. I'd also love maybe a ball winning wide receiver, but Keon Coleman, Brian Thomas Jr., I think you can get a wide receiver in the second round in this draft class. Whereas I don't think you're getting to Quinn Mitchell in the second round. And Trent Balky, his draft MO specimens, man. He likes the guys who are 
physical freaks. And Quinion Mitchell certainly qualifies as that with his size, or not size, with his speed, play strength combo. So a fit that makes too much sense. 18, Cincinnati Bengals, a dream scenario for them in this mock draft. <clears throat> you had pretty much all the tackles fall in terms of J.C. Latham, Alabama tackle, Tyler Guyton, Oklahoma tackle, Amaris Mims, Georgia tackle, all right tackles, all guys that I think fit where their run game's going in terms of power, gap scheme dudes. But I haven't going J.C. Latham. But honestly, this one's a take your pick of those three. I I have similar sort of feelings about all of them. I have Mims the highest just because I, I think he's close and could make big strides in like the coming years with more playing time, with more NFL coaching. Whereas I think Latham and pass pro could have some issues out the gate. And Guyton, I just worry about his ability to sustain blocks, like regardless whether it's running game, pass protection. Um, ever getting fixed to where he's going to be, you know, all pro type of right tackle. But these guys all have that kind of potential where it's like high-end tools, high-end physicality. You've got him a kid in a candy store if you're the Cincinnati Bengals with these offense tackles staring you in the face. So I'm going J.C. Latham. That gives you one monster tackle duo with the 360-pound Latham and the, honestly, TBD pound Orlando Brown based off of what he's eaten recently. On to number 19, Los Angeles Rams. Florida State defensive end Jared Verse. I think this is a great fit for the Los Angeles Rams. A dream scenario in their eyes. A little bit of different flavor from a Byron Young in that he's a power, no-nonsense, push-the-pocket, a guy that if you pair with Aaron Donald, he could go double-digit sacks right out the gate. Right? He's that NFL-ready. He's that strong already. To where, man, I, again, I think I said this earlier. At this point, if, if this guy's on the board, Jared versus on the board, I would just be very hard-pressed to see them passing on. It just makes too much sense for where their needs are. And the one thing they've really struggled to add without all these first-round picks, right? This is going to be their first first-round pick since Jared Goff. The one thing that they haven't been able to kind of finagle with all these late-rounders is a true impact pass rusher. Byron Young, very obviously encouraging rookie year, but a guy that's feared off the edge. It's really just been still Aaron Donald there for the past, you know, like I said, since 2016, since the last first round pick, because edge is obsession. That's just hard to find later on. So when you do finally get a first rounder again, I think this is the position you have to attack if you're the Los Angeles Rams. You have to go get that pass rusher or a guy who could potentially be that pass rusher just because you don't find those in the later rounds where they're so good at finding elsewhere. You don't find these guys later rounds. Number 20 Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. I have them going Oregon center Jackson powers Johnson to me, a missing link along this offensive line with where the Steelers are drafting feels like there'll be players for a veteran quarterback this off season, or at least or maybe giving Kenny Pickett another season. I, I don't know if that's smart to do. I don't know if that's the route I would take, but at pick 20, I don't think they're going to be taking quarterback like they did just a couple of years ago. Right. So if that's then the case, give him the best chance to succeed. Offensive line has not been 
a strength over the course of Kenny Pickett's career. It's a far cry from those mid-2010s O-lines that were so physically dominant that Le'Veon Bell ran behind with so much success. Jackson Powers Johnson gets you closer to that. And like I say, it's going to get you right back to that because you could still use a tackle. I don't think they draft a tackle, though, because just drafted Broderick Jones. You have a lot riding on Dan Moore Jr. and Chukuma Korafor. You have names there, not names I necessarily like, but you got names there. Don't really have names at center with Mason Cole penciled in as your starter. So Jax Powers Johnson, kind of, again, that keystone to the offensive line that will just give Kenny Pickett a lot more confidence in the pockets that he has to step up into. So feels like a stealer. Guy feels like a stealer. Get back to the mock in just a second. But first, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is your sportsbook partner of the NBA. On to number 21, Miami Dolphins, a team that definitely would have been in play for Jackson Powers Johnson had he been on the board. They have a weird offseason ahead of them that we'll get down, get into here in a second. But I have them going Illinois defensive tackle, Johnny Newton. One, because you have Anthony Weaver coming over from Baltimore, kind of the same thing as I just said about Seattle. He's a D-line coach coming over from Baltimore, wants to add up on D-line. And oh, by the way, this entire defensive tackle group is about to hit free agency. Outside of Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Andrew Van Ginkle, Deshaun Elliott, Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, all hitting for agency in their $51 million over the cap. Chris Greer, been, Chris Greer, GM there, has been playing a little fast and loose as GM with some of the contracts he's been giving out, some of the trades he's making, got some Mickey Loomis in them. They're going to have to reel it back in this offseason, and they might not be able to re-sign guys like Christian Wilkins, who was a, you know, Massive impact player for them. All they could have hoped for as a prospect coming out of Clemson a few years back. I just don't know if they have the space to get it done. And he'll break the bank on the free agency market with what he's done over the course of his rookie contract. So that leaves a gaping hole on this interior. And while Johnny Newton's a distinctly different DT than Christian Wilkins, much more of a sort of one-gap penetrator, not a guy who's going to reset the line of scrimmage. Wilkins could obviously do some of that. He's good in that, but much less of a power player, much more of a finesse player, but you got to do, it's not a great DT class and you got to start somewhere uh, to try to backfill in this regard, losing so many guys at that position. So it'll be an interesting off season for this Miami Dolphins team. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, their corners, both have cap hits over $25 million next year. Tua with a $23 million figure they could bring down with, extension for him, but how much do you want to really extend him after what we saw from him down the stretch in the playoffs? Emmanuel Ogba, he'll be gone with the $17 million cap hit. Jerome Baker with $15 million cap hit will either be gone, linebacker they will be gone or restructured. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of decisions, tough decisions to be made for this Miami Dolphins team that kind of went all in on the last year that Tua was cheap this past fall and didn't hit big on it, unfortunately. So they, they'll have to decide if they want to give it one more go with this roster that's going to be 
you know, hamstrung because they're going to lose a lot of pieces from it. Or if they want to do a little bit of a re mini rebuild to create some cap space for the future years. But at this point in the draft, and again, with the glaring at DT, I think Johnny Newton's a solid pick. There you have it. Your picks 11 through 21, 22 through 32 will be tomorrow's podcast. So they had to break it up into three parts, but the 30 minute format limiting in terms of how much I can talk about them. So I enjoy it anyway. Thanks for listening to Renner Ranks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.